You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar, but to be honest... There was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass. Or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted. And the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called to the town guards. They have more than a hundred televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for. And they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it. And I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Gentlemen, I am fired up to announce they're rejoining us after what feels like years. I mean, it's been way too long. The all-powerful moderator behind a Warrior subreddit page with about a half million members. A long time. Warriors guru with an enormous presence on Golden State Twitter. In fact, and I say this kind of jealously and bitterly, he's got more than 100,000 followers now, which I covet. I mean, I'm just going to say, like I told you, I'm a little bitter about that. And a man who may or may not have cried like a baby the same way I did at the end of Ted Lasso, Mr. Eric Jed. What's going on, Eric? Hey, thanks for having me back on, boys. Of nice course, to see you, Dub Nation. It is great to see you. Um, at the risk of kind of being too transparent about our text messages. I was serious. We, Eric and I texted a little bit about last. So I won't spoil anything, but I'll add this. Eric, what I loved about that back and forth is that you also hated the douche who was dating his wife. Like I, yeah, I haven't really had a chance to ex- like explore that with anybody and, you know, just nicely played, man. Yeah. Incredibly unprofessional. We don't stand for that. <laughs> 
Factually accurate. Let's talk Warriors, you guys. Um, so we'll start where we always do. It's our glass half full. Look back at uh, recent Warriors who give me something you like and don't. And Eric, we've been kind of in a weird place with this segment over the last month or so because there hasn't been any Warriors news, right? We've been kind of running normal NBA news through the Warriors gamut. But today we do have some. Maxime, if we've got that Kaminga tweet, go ahead and pull it up now. This is something I don't like. There was a rumor that came out this week, I think supported by ESPN, but I'll, uh, I'll read from the tweet itself. And essentially what it said was that the Warriors were shopping Kaminga. Um, we're looking at a tweet from our boys at Warriors World and towards the bottom here after they break down a guy named Jeff Howard, one of the people who the Warriors may be interested in drafting. It reads this, quote, Sources tell ESPN the Warriors are also exploring the option of acquiring a high draft pick in exchange for a young prospect such as Jonathan Kaminga. So talking about possible trades without even knowing what the other side is, exercise in insanity, right? If they got back Victor Wenbenyama, I wouldn't be upset by this news. So there's a world where, you know, this this isn't something I don't like. But until we know that other side, I'll bitch about it a little bit. And I'll start here. I don't like that Wal Kaminga has been publicly supporting them. I mean, he hasn't come out and said anything, but every workout video we see, he is in Golden State gear. The Warriors are apparently publicly shopping him. I don't like that disparity at all. Um, I don't like that we're going apparently not only into a draft, but an offseason where we're considering trading major pieces as of right now without a fucking GM. Like, I don't, who is doing that? Who is actually shopping this or starting any of these rumors? And then the last thing, and maybe the biggest thing I don't like about this, I feel like we just learned that the Warriors don't like rookies, that we value experience. Why the hell would we be considering trading Kaminga for a draft pick that has no experience here? I mean, at least Kaminga has two years in the system. I understand he didn't have a whole lot of development in, uh, in that past season, but this rumor is what I don't like gentlemen um so to you either give us your opinion on this or or something else where are you at yeah i mean i don't i don't like it either i don't think there's as much to it i mean shout out to the warriors world and our friends there but um i think this is just the smoke screens that teams and gms start to throw up around draft time um to your point brand there, it makes no sense to not play kaminga in the playoffs because he's too young and inexperienced and then trade him for somebody who doesn't have those two years of experience riding the bench and learning the system. So um, I think it's just the smoke and mirrors that comes with, um, you know, this time of the year. So I don't put too much stock in it, but, you know, crazier things have happened. And the fact we don't have Bob Myers back there and who knows pulling the strings right now is a little concerning. Well, and add in the fact, remember the thing we were talking about last week, uh, we're just on the heels, not very far removed from that weird kind of cryptic Steve Kerr take on the Draymond podcast. And we all decided, Kareth included, that like it wasn't, you know, aimed directly at Kaminga. But if you're looking at this from Kaminga's standpoint, you know, if he's somewhere working out wherever he is and the last two pieces of information he found out was one, Steve Kerr may or may not have publicly shithoused him on Draymond's podcast. And that two, that even if it's just smokescreen, his name is involved in trade rumors. I thought we're trying to build our relationship with this guy. Like, I don't, I don't understand why we're approaching it in this way. Maybe this rumor didn't come from them, but it's another thing I don't like. I don't know how much um, stock to put into this rumor here. We also heard out of Kuminga's camp earlier in the offseason that they were having meetings with the Warriors discussing 
the future, like the next year. Like he wants a defined role, whether on this team or some other team. I remember that came out. I was like, well, the role is that you're on a rookie scale deal and you're going to do whatever they tell you to do. Like you don't really get a say in this, but that's to say, let's not pretend that we haven't heard something come from the other side of this. So I'm not completely put off uh, on his behalf because I think he's also put it on the airwaves that he wants to play more. And if that can't happen in Golden State, that he himself may or may not be interested in going elsewhere. Um, When we talk about like the Warriors playing, uh, not playing rookies, like you you joked about uh, when Manyama potentially come in and like, I'd be all about that as a huge Santa Cruz Warriors fan because Victor would, he would kill it in Santa Cruz. <laughs> We'd be great because that's where he'd be going. Because, um, but factually, if we look back, Jordan Bell, Patrick McCaw, uh, Eric Pascal in year one, those are three picks that the Warriors have made in recent history that did see time in their first year. So, um, recent history, we look at Moody and Kuminga, Jim Wiseman. Hey, these guys didn't play. Steve Kerr maybe doesn't like playing rookies. I think what's maybe more accurate is to say that Steve Kerr doesn't necessarily want to look to rookies that are insistent on creating their own offense. Hmm. I think that might be more of the key. And I think it's going to be about what role they can carve out around Steph Curry that doesn't take away from him. That's kind of how I view it. Do you know how much I love the idea uh, so, I mean, just imagine this and playing it out. Kaminga's camp comes out. I want a new role. You know, let's say Eric is working in the front office. He hears that and he goes, all right, let's set up a meeting. Call him in, call him in. Good. Kaminga, I'm glad you're thinking about this. Here's your role. Whatever the fuck we tell you to yeah, do. So, the film room. Call, Get to it. You know, thanks a lot. Dude. Like, that's great. I'm glad you're thinking about this stuff dynamic process. Now we'll let you know what that role is. Yeah. Why don't you get the fuck out of my office? Yeah. It's just nicely played Eric. Yeah. Maxine, where are you? Well, first of all, I feel like Jonathan Gavoni has been deep enough in this scene that I sort of trust, you know, he's not the type of person to toss out rumors um, without verifying the source. So there's definitely some some meat to this um, and validity to what's going on. I don't know. We'll see. Like Noah said in the comments, there's where crazy rumors are happening, especially at the beginning of the offseason. We haven't even gotten to the um, NBA draft yet. You know, people are kind of bluffing all over the place. Uh, until the the draft actually shakes out so we see where we're at. So, um, you know, I, I'm not going to put too much stock in it uh, as anything other than somebody said it probably legitimately in the front office and who knows why. So mm-hmm. I'll take it in a different direction. I'll give you another glass half empty. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, but um, the NBA Finals just ended a couple of days ago. And uh, one of the things oh, that that's was... that's still going on? Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they continued like, the playoffs? Yeah, it's Why? very strange. I thought the Warriors <laughs> lost, dude. They finished yeah. that out. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea. I stuck. I mean, I immediately stuck my head in the sand after that. Um, no, but the thing that I did not like... Listen, all credit to the Nuggets. Love Jokic. There's so much to like in what's going on in Denver. But what I didn't like is uh, Michael Malone tossing around the term dynasty after they've won mm. one. I'm not the biggest fan of the comp between the 2015 Warriors... And the 2023 Denver Nuggets, look, there. there's a lot of reason to think that they could win another title. They're currently the Vegas betting favorites um, to win the 2024 title. I get it. I totally understand, especially when they're getting one to two years of continuity in their top five um, starters. But at the same time, this was it was not easy for the Warriors to get the dynasty label and to feel like we're, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's 
there's like recency bias or something that's going on. It's offensive to me. It's just, we don't get that kind of turnover. You don't get dynasties every decade or every day. It's just, I don't know. I, it didn't sit right with me. We have a full segment coming up on how much of uh, a bender Mike Malone was on during the play or the uh, parade today. Oh, I mean, man. like he was on one. And yep. so it's, it's possible that that dynasty word came more out of alcohol than it did out of intelligence, but we'll explore that. We'll explore that in a second. Um, before we do any other things you guys like or don't. I liked, um, I think Maxime, you mentioned Jokic and, and liking him as a player. Um, I agree, and I know they're Vegas' um, betting favorites to repeat uh, as of right now, but to me is a double-edged sword with him. He, The first thing he said when he was at the podium was like, when's the parade? And the guy and the guy said Thursday, and he was like, shit, I just want to go home. And he said it so sincerely. You know, like, and then they asked him again, a follow-up question, Malika Andrews was like, how does it feel? And he was like, basketball, you know, is not – First for me, I just happen to be good at it. So, you know, to me, there's a double-edged sword there. At at some point, the dynasty will run a lot shorter than I think Mike Malone's drunk comments will um, justify Mm -hmm. because your superstar can't be that passively passionate about winning. Now that he's won it, you know, like it's going to be even harder for uh, Jokic to get ramped up to win again and to keep playing at that level, especially when he would much rather just be with his horses back home. So um, I just think it's a double-edged sword. He's super talented, one of the most talented big men in the history of the league, and his numbers were crazy. But I think there's a danger there of the fact that he doesn't love the sport like you might need to in order to have a long-lasting dynasty. He's one of the only people – let me change that. He's one of the only athletes who did like the humility thing, and I believed it. You know, mm-hmm. After he had like the 30, 24, and 14 triple-double, and they asked him just off the cuff, like, hey, you know, this is the first time anyone has ever done that at any point during the finals. What do you think about that? He's like, oh, I don't really care. I would say that. Like, I do some shit like that. Like, oh, this means nothing to me. But everyone would know I was full of shit and that I was just trying to be like false humble. I think he actually didn't give a shit for all the reasons you were talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. he was thinking about going home and playing with his son and didn't really care about the history that he was setting. Um, But I'm going to save that. I'll give you a couple more things like and don't. In fact, I'll give you one that's right down the middle. The assistant coach, the head of player development, Coach Jama is leaving. Do you guys see this? Um, And so here's why I like and don't. Um, Let me start with don't. This guy's name came up in a recent podcast when we had Wes on. And what he said, what Wes said was that if we did the Brad Stevens thing with Steve Kerr, and that's not happening, but if we did, if we pushed Steve Kerr into the position left by Myers, that Wes thought it should be Jama who took over. And so to lose him and the you know inferred importance he has in the organization, well, that kind of sucks. But the thing why I'm not that upset about it, if he was, in fact, the director of player development, um, did we develop it all last year? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't feel like, like, I don't know. Like, if, if we had missed, we shot like 40% from the free throw uh, line last year, and then we lost our free throw coach, I'm not sure I would be, like, really upset. So mm-hmm. I'm on both sides on this. I'm not really sure how to feel. I'm right there with you. I think that that's a really good take. I feel like I don't want to speak ill of, of Jama on his way out. Uh, I'm sure he did some great things, but we didn't develop shit. <laughs> it's just it's just the truth um i wish him well uh, so what i like about that take and don't like about that take is that you 
you didn't take a stab at his last name. No idea. Uh, <laughs> I have it written down. I have it written down phonetically, Eric. I, I was hoping here. he did I it. And and he didn't do it. I have no like, idea how to say like, this. I'm just, I'm out. There's an extra at law in there. Like There's an extra law that I'm not sure how to say. Yeah. And fuck you for busting me out. Uh, <laughs> I was like, that's not an accent. That's a pro move. I mean, I like, could you tell my eyes get hella big? Like, I, I, I wish I could show you boys how I wrote it out here because it's even more uh, embarrassing. Instead, I'll give you two quick huddle-related things I like and don't like. Something I like, the amount of personal feedback, texts and just literal people coming up and talk to me about Maxime's sticker take. I don't know if you boys heard this at all, uh, but a couple of podcasts back, Maxime revealed not only that he was in a contest with his friends to see who could pick the most playoff wins, but that whoever won that contest was going to get a undetermined sticker. That's caused more random takes in my life than I can possibly <laughs> tell you. The anger that it is apparently created makes me really happy. So that's something I like. Something I don't like, same podcast, different topic. We did your favorite, like what would you bring or buy at a movie theater? And we went the whole way down and blah, blah, blah. I've gotten a few emails this week suggesting we, we uh, put out good and plenty the fuck are you talking about? Good and plenty are terrible. Yeah, that, trash, that somebody Andy. decided, no. how do we get more black licorice in our life? Yeah, I don't understand horrible, in horrible. any way, shape, or form. So for those of you who want to give me terrible candy takes, just, I mean, stop it, man. I don't like it. I don't need the emails. You can keep those out of our life. Uh, Eric, what would you bring? Or what not, not bring? If you're at a movie theater, what do you buy? What's your go-to? Oh, popcorn is the goat, right? Yeah. There's no beating it. It's the best <laughs> best movie snack out there. Um, followed up by the 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 blue icy. Oh, nice. yeah, there you yeah. go. That's a little random. Yeah. Uh, MT, are you a good and plenty guy? No. Um, gummy bears all the way. Uh, oh. If you don't get gummy bears, you're not really enjoying the movie. <laughs> Hot take. Is that original or are you sour gummy bear guy? Uh, original. Okay, okay, okay. Those, those Haribos. Yeah, Haribos. I mean, what I loved about that follow-up question is that Maxime apparently thought that you didn't know the term sour. Otherwise, you probably would have included it in the candy you like. Boys, let's go to our golden questions. Eric, you remember this. It's our mailbag. Uh, always deals with the Warriors. Occasionally gets personal. And this one starts with Mike Malone. So we've got that that link. Michael. Maxime, pull it up. Here's the Michael. actual question. Get it right or pay the price. Thumbs up or down? <laughs> on Malone's playoff parade performance today. So just to start, and I cannot encourage, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, um, check it out anyways. But today specific, because the videos and the pictures we are currently looking at really, really, really require your attention. But we're looking at an article. Michael Malone becomes star of parade, says they'll win again, chugs beer, gives emotional interview. It's such um, a good headline. I'm, it's a <laughs> solid-ass headline. Let's look at the picture immediately underneath it. So we're looking at Mike, who's got a picture on that says, put this in your pipe and smoke it with a picture of the, uh, of the NBA championship trophy. He's got a gigantic iced out necklace. And the thing that stuck out to me was he's got the hat whose brim is tilted slightly to the side. As someone who used to do that in high school when I wanted to look hell of cool, props to Michael Malone going all the way in mm -hmm. on this parade. But go ahead and, uh, and go down a little bit here, Maxime. Go to the... Um, Go one more down. 
Let's watch this. Here is Mike Malone <laughs> smashing about half a beer and then throwing the rest of it on the crowd. Technical difficulties there. We'll check back in with Nick in a moment. Coach Michael Malone tossing <laughs> beers out to the crowd. Oh, I knew he was going to let loose today. <laughs> he had one sip of that beer, and then it was about a three-quarter beer that he threw the shit out of right into the crowd. Go ahead and go down in case you want some more alcohol tags. Here is Mike in a tweet entitled, Your Coach Isn't Doing It Like Mine. Oh, okay. man. Losing his mind. And we've got one more, but don't play it yet. Let me stop there for a second. All right. So he's losing his shit. He's, I mean, he's bringing it. They won the title. He's obviously drunk. It's a little bit aggressive. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you guys think so far? Thumbs all the way up. All, all the way yeah. up. This is, this is working for me on so many levels, especially it's sort of like, you know, a, a, an amped up version of that first season when they stopped letting, forcing coaches to wear suits. Uh, and there was just this like this veil that was lifted because coaches work so hard and they get so amped. And it's just like, oh, this is this is what happens when you finally get the payoff after years of work. Um, I'm all the way in. I think it's and I don't know. I like I, I mean, he's like very clearly a white, an old white dude, you know, and there's like some feelings of like appropriation kind of happening at the edges. <laughs> but he's going in so oh. hard that I can't really fault him for it. Like it. It honestly, it feels genuine, which I don't even know how that's working. And maybe you all don't feel like that. But in my, from my perspective, he's absolutely crushing it. I'm just so caught off guard, man. It just highlights <laughs> that I clearly don't understand Coach Michael Malone. Just everything about him, like he's got like the the side part with the hair gel. He's offended when people call him by a short nickname, Mike. He corrects people on this. It's Michael. It's Michael. It's so prim and proper. And now he's getting loose. He's wearing a chain. He's saying, fuck your crew. Like, he's just he's going so hard. And I'm like, I just didn't understand who this dude was. And I love it. Like, I'm so caught off guard. The chain is such an aggressive call. You know, I mean, I don't I don't I don't know anything about him personally. I've never seen him off the court. I mean, he's a former coach here at the Warriors. Yeah. You know, he's got it. He's got a connection in Golden State. I don't know if he's a chain guy or not. But he does seem like somebody who is self-aware, and there's no way that that wasn't on purpose. You know, I mean, like, for example, in the, the next quote we're going to show where he does an interview and, and gives a kind of a heartfelt take to TV, the chain is no longer out. So, I mean, I, I think he kind of understood it was an aggressive move to have out there and still <laughs> decided to rock it. Um, and the other thing that sticks out to make this or to put it in connection with what we were saying about Joker, every ounce of joker not giving a fuck mike malone does you know oh, like yeah. you almost got the feeling that like when joker was like Carrying oh i don't really care about that 30 24 and 14 mike malone was standing behind him like i care about that more than anything that has ever happened on the face of the earth mm. uh mt you're a little bit more understated how does this hit you man unprofessional or you know justified i think he they should enjoy it and celebrate it um you know so i'm not giving two thumbs up i'll give him one thumb but um it doesn't come off like somebody who's going to repeat. Um, <laughs> you know, like it just, you know, like they say, act like you've been there before. They haven't. So you understand that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like they're, you just look at all the other coaches who are first time winners and, you know, like I understand coaching is hard and he puts in a lot of time and makes a lot of sacrifices and misses family time to, have that position but do you you are not on the court like is there, you know like i feel like some of that energy is res- 
reserved for if you were on the court playing. Um, like, you know, if we looked at a, a player off the bench who didn't play much, you know, like if Reggie Jackson's going that crazy, like we're like, uh. so I just, it feels a little like they're enjoying it. Um, and rightfully so, because they may not be back there again. Well, I'll tell you one person who disagrees with you, Mike Malone. Let's get to the, right. uh, go all the way to the bottom of this article and run that interview right there. This share it with our fans. That means the world to me. Uh, this is an amazing experience. Something that I believed in. I have no doubt that we get to this point. I have no doubt because of the people I work with every day. From, from Josh and Stan Kroenke to Calvin Booth in his front office, from my coaching staff, and most importantly, the 17 players in that locker room. So for me, just taking the time to reflect and own the moment. Life's about moments. This life's about moments. And what we just accomplished 47 years in the making. And I just am so happy, not for me, not for our players, but for our fans. We have people that have been supporting this team for 47 years. And so to those fans for 47 years, I just want to say thank you for being patient. Thank you for believing in us. And thank you for enjoying this journey, this process, because we couldn't have done this without you. So Nuggets Nation, I love you. And uh, I got a crazy idea, man. <laughs> I got a crazy idea. I'm kind of crazy. I'm a little bit emotional. Let's do this shit again. Yes. Let's do this again. I want to be on another float. I want to come down to the fucking parade. I'm sorry for my language. Excuse me. <laughs> and experience this again because this city, these fans, this. You can get it right there. Until he started cursing right there, it was a complete 180. I felt like he went from like hardened, thugged out party dude to like old, nostalgic grandpa. I thought he was going to give the interviewer a fucking Werther's original or something. <laughs> what? I, I tell you what he gave the interviewer an aneurysm. Because yeah, the right. interviewer was all the way in. He's totally fine. He even liked when he said shit. I mean, it's as tame as a... And then he uh, really went for it. And then and then when he dropped the F-bomb, he had to look like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, am I going to get fired? Or is this allowed right. to come out at all? Um, so Mike certainly thinks that they can do it again. That's the direction he was going. Uh, and I was going to play it, but we're already a little video heavy. There's also a clip from J.J. Redick, unrelated, where he explains why the Warriors should have a shot for as long as they have Steph Curry for the next two years, which brings us all the way back to the question you were asking, Maxime. And Eric, why don't you tackle it first? It sounds like Vegas has already made this call. Do you view Denver as the title favorites heading into next year? That's tough to say. I think that superficially, you got to say yes. You've got to pay your respect to the champs. You know, repeating is hard. It's really hard. It's a short turnaround. The pressure, everyone's coming at the champs every night, bringing everything they got to try and take them down. But... Joker doesn't fucking care because he's going to wake up and be at the gym from nine till five during his scheduled work hours. Uh, and he's going to dismantle every team he comes into. So I, I feel, yeah, they got a fucking great chance to repeat. They're healthy. They're riding high. They're clearly clicking. Uh, no one had an answer for them. And I don't see that changing. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season. Um, but do I think that, they're so far and away better than everyone else that the Warriors are done. Absolutely not. Uh, not at all. So it's going to be an interesting portion for me. Yeah, give me uh, the optimistic portion. You know, we started with uh, 
glass half full and Steph Curry is still on this team and he's still peaking. Like he's not on a visible decline. He's playing phenomenally. Yep. Um, when we talk about Jama leaving and uh, some of these movements, we've seen this before. And Steve Kerr's come out and said, hey, when things don't work out and you don't win, you move some things. You shake things up. You bring new ideas into the organization. That's how I'm approaching this, seeing Bob Myers leaving, seeing Jama leave. Instead of, you know, looking back at the past and saying, oh, how are we going to do this? But like, no, you bring in fresh ideas, you shake it up, and you retool Uh I feel great about having a team led by one of the top 10 players of all time and Steph Curry still in this peak. How can you not feel good about that? When you say coach Jama, do you mean coach Malalea? Malalea. That's the the very one. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty close and I have practices right now in between these last two times. So I I can, uh, I can knock that out. Maxime finish off the take you were giving us earlier. Who do you view as the title favorite next year? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Eric's right on. You got to, Currently in this moment, and that's why they take the betting odds now, and they will change. In this moment, it's Denver, but we haven't seen any moves yet in this offseason, and you know there's a lot of stuff happening. There's there's quite a few Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Paul. I'm not saying that any of those people are going to come to the Warriors. What I'm saying is there's a lot of movement that's going to happen, and so it's a, I think it's a little bit premature, but look, we're having the conversation, and I think to Eric's point, you have to give them the respect that they're due. Like I said earlier... Literally all five of their players, if KCP picks up his player option in the second year, are locked in. All of their starters are locked in for two years. That's huge continuity when the rest of the league you're seeing is falling apart right now. I mean, Chris Paul might be on waivers. Like, what is happening? The new CBA comes in. Everybody's screwed because nobody was planning for this. And kind of like how we got Kevin Durant a bit out of luck because the salary cap spiked. Um perfectly for when he was available it's the same thing now denver happens to be at the right place at the right time and and the most important thing is that nicola Jokic and jamal murray have this two-man game that is like you know on on par with some of the best stuff that we saw from shaq and kobe and look i mean i'm, I'm not necessarily trying to say that they are shaq and kobe i'm trying to say that they're on evolution of modern basketball to where we were in the aughts you know, this is this is the equivalent. This is what you get when you have the type of spacing that you get from Jokic. You can go downhill and can also shoot the three, who's a miraculous passer. It's all the stuff that you'd want to see. So you got to give them their respect. I don't think that there's anybody that can um, pick apart a defense the way that the Nuggets can. And when you saw them be able to turn on their their own defense in the playoffs, you realize, oh shit, this team is is pretty serious. So yeah, I mean, I they could. I, I would not be surprised if they won it again in 2024. And a couple reasons why I'll hedge on Denver's odds. Reason number one, it looks like Mike Malone may or may not release a rap album during this offseason. So we'll see how that goes and if it impacts any of his preparation. Um, reason number two, and this is a exceptional homer take. And what I'm doing is I'm taking a weakness and making it a strength. But from what I could tell, if we listen to most of the pundits and fuck what we've said on this show, the biggest problem the Warriors had last year was attitude related. Either attitude because the younger guys didn't want to accept their roles, like Per may or may not have said to Draymond, or the attitude and the disconnect between Draymond and Poole, right? And then Draymond and the rest of the team after that Poole punch. And the interesting thing about attitude, it's not age. You know, when you're too old, you're never coming back. It's not injury when when you've lost your athleticism and, and you've lost your lift or you have like a, a permanent knee injury or something, you're probably never coming back from that. Attitude is something that can be fixed. You know, will it? I don't know. 
But if they can get over that, if if that disconnect, you know, disappears, if people do accept their role, the talent on this team, I still believe in. Even when I was watching Denver look really good, I didn't think that they would blow a connected Warriors team out of the water. Um, and so, you know, I I still view us as absolutely a uh, a title contender. Eric, did I pull that off? Did it sound yeah. like? I mean, just convinced me. Oh, let's go. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. I was so going to make one more comment man. about the Joker. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about his like easygoing attitude his maybe lack of uh, intense intensity regarding his, his craft or whatever. I mean, we can dispel that immediately and say, this guy's an incredibly hard worker, but I also find at the same time, I find it so refreshing that he's the superstar that is kind of the exact opposite of this heralded Mamba mentality that people are obsessed with talking about <laughs> that you have to eat, breathe and sleep basketball. If you want to make it, and it, it's been so overdone in the culture about how like, Oh, he's got that Mamba mentality. Like, no, none of, none of you in the game today have worked as hard as Kobe has. And I'm so exhausted hearing people compare themselves in that fashion. So it's so refreshing to see someone at the top of the game that, that is doing it his own way and, and isn't buying into that, that rhetoric. It's just, it's so tired to me. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Joker speaking his mind and saying, I've got balance in my life. That's such a healthy take. And the idea that people are put off by that is so fucking weird to me. Um, what, and we know he's totally capable of insane competition because of yeah. that thing he had with the Morris brothers. Remember, he, he hit yeah. Marcus Morris, and Marcus Morris missed like 18 years of, of game <laughs> service. Like, he yeah. still has never come back, you know? So there is that whole thing. I'll, I'll shift it into this Joker question. Eric, if you had to fight one of his brothers, there's nothing you Ooh. could do about it. Like, it just was what it was. You had to go there and fight him. How much would they have to pay you? Like what, if I paid you $10,000, would you be willing to get in there? Would it like, is it more than that? 50 K like how much would it be worth it to you to go in there and have to face one of those dudes? When does the fight end? Like, like, <laughs> like if I get knocked out, are they going to keep beating me or like, <laughs> will a ref call it off once it seems like I'm in severe risk of being injured permanently? It's a Mad Max and Thunderdome scenario. Two men enter, one man leaves. Yeah. Just only, only, uh, you know, some serious injury. Maybe like 500K. <laughs> I just like thought about the amount of debt that I'm in. <laughs> I was like, what would pay that off? And that, that was my number. So that was my number. Pass it down. Pass yeah. it down to your kids. You exactly. know, it's like legacy money. No mortgage anymore, kids. Uh. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. To, to pick up the train, this would have worked better if I'd played the JJ take. But on ESPN, JJ Reddick gave maybe a 45-second take about why he thinks the Warriors can contend over the next couple of years. And the real thrust of it is that Steph is Steph. It's what we've been talking about. But the next portion of it was, and they can maybe round up the roster. Uh, you know, you can look to people like Kaminga, maybe to pool to make some trades, which leads to... Eric, we did a fake trade episode. I don't even remember. A couple back, I think. Um, and I had Maxine put one together. But Kareth, who we were doing it with, wasn't a big fake trade person. I know that you are. So we're going to tackle that fake trade right now, yeah, Maxine. let's do it. I'm not, what I'm, do you not got? A, I'm not worried about ostracizing myself from players that I'm not going to interview anyway. Let's Go. fucking do it. <laughs> that makes three of us. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So here's the deal. The, the, the precursor to all of this is... You know, you, you want to try to find a trade that brings value to both sides because that's most likely to actually happen. And so yeah. in this climate, in this look, what we're talking about right now, I mean, we can we can talk about many different pieces, sure, but I feel like Jordan Poole is the asset that we're most interested in moving, and that actually has the largest potential to add value to another team. And when I came up with this fake trade, it was before the Chris Paul waiver announcement came to pass and i actually think this trade is even more compelling now and it's just straight up we can talk about you know sweeteners on both sides if that's necessary but just straight up jordan pool for deandre jordan i'm sorry deandre aiden deandre <laughs> jordan. Like, what? it's gonna go hard <laughs> no on the first one you didn't like that one huh wow <laughs> i thought it'd be a short segment <laughs> i've loved deandre jordan for a long time i think he would add a lot of value he's in his prime you know um, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a believer in Aiton. I'm not, I think that there's discipline issues. I think that there's, I, I don't, I can't exactly put my finger on it, but I have seen, there's a couple like Twitter accounts. There's a, a user who since deactivated his account had a pretty, or, or rebranded it. And I'm not aware where it's gone, but it used to be sons after dark was the title who seemingly has pretty in-depth inside knowledge who has very loudly spoken out against uh, Aiton and felt like he's not a culture fit. He's just not the guy. And um, when it was coming up to him going elsewhere and that offer sheet being matched, he was so frustrated that they had signed him. And in that moment, it was like, this buries the chances of them winning a title. It will not happen. This guy cannot win. And, and that stuck with me. And, uh, that's for whatever reason that's helped form this bias that I have that someone that I respect his position, his takes on, on this player. Um, I just don't think it moves the needle. I'm, I'm not even convinced that I'd really want Aiton over Kavon Looney at 
$8 million a year, truthfully. Like how we utilize that role, the screen setting that we get from Loon, like where are those minutes going to fit? Like what does that exactly look like? Um, I'm just not convinced that not even just for the amount of money that it would cost to bring Aiton in, that he would bring that a matching value to this team. Um, I'm not there. I don't think that's the answer. Running in order, the uh, name Suns After Dark sounds like a show I used to watch on like Skinamax. Um, so good for that guy. The yeah. uh, the money thing is the biggest issue for me. I don't remember what Aiton's contract is, but it's, it's not insignificant. Um, I kind of believe in his future. He seemingly has attitude problems. We do need some kind of internal defense, and he's a good rebounder. So, I mean, he'd, he'd be filling a position of need. Uh, what is his contract? We does anybody know what the yeah, numbers are on 30, there? Thirty-two mil a year. Okay. Spot on with so, Jordan. I mean, two yeah, million so different. It's, it's right there. Um, I wouldn't hang up. This would be one of the uh, in negotiations. Generally speaking, a really good deal leaves everybody unhappy. You know, I mean, that's that's how it works. You give up a little bit more than you wanted. You don't get back everything you wanted. This would be a sleepless night offer for me. I wouldn't say yes. You know, I wouldn't be like yes for sure. I also wouldn't immediately hang up. It would be a toss and turn. I'm not totally sure. I don't think the Suns would do it, by the way. It doesn't make any sense for them. Um, but it's. I think it might actually. I think the idea of getting Jordan Poole with CP3 on the way out, I think, I think that's an interesting trade for them. I, I think that they want to put that ball squarely in the hands of, you know, what do they call themselves now? 36, Devin Booker and, yeah. uh, and Kevin Durant. Um, and I'm not sure a, a ball dominant guy like, I mean, cause sure. CP3 is a distributor. Jordan Poole is not, yeah. you know, if, yeah, if no, he his, his full potential, he's a scorer. And I'm not sure that's exactly yeah, what that's they true. need. And they do need the, the post presence that Aiton provides. Would you do it, Maxime? Yeah, I, I, I would do it. Um, you know, I, obviously I, I've had a little bit more time to think about it, but I, I, I actually do think it's it's sort of a win-win. I, I totally see your point, Bram, about the lack of distribution, right? But if you sort of put him in more of a Clay Thompson role, except you're flipping the one and the two between um, mm. Jordan Poole and Devin Booker, right? It's it's the same concept. Sure, he's a little bit shorter, so it's not quite as prime as um, Clay playing off of Steph, but I think it still works. You allow Devin Booker to be more of the distributor, and we've seen that he's capable of doing that, or Kevin Durant too, right? It's a little bit more of that positionless offense. So I, I think like he fits a literal position, um, which is really nice. And then on our team, I mean, like we know that size has been a serious issue. And if Denver is going to be the team to beat, you know, it's not like uh, um, Aiton really uh, took Jokic to task. But I think, you know, in, in limited minutes playing with Kevon Looney, having a little bit more of a dynamic um, uh, opportunity or options at the five spot, there's value there. I think we, you know, and and the last, the last piece of all of this is I think, yes, certainly we can tell, even though I don't have the inside access that Suns After Dark does um, necessarily, that certainly you can tell Aiton has not really got his head in the game in the way that you would like to see. We've also seen the Warriors be the specific organization that is capable of revitalizing players. I mean, look no further than Andrew Wiggins, who is maybe the biggest case mm -hmm. of disappointment, right, coming into this team and all of a sudden being revitalized, doing all of the stuff that, you know, nobody thought he was going to be a good defender, and here he is being a good defender. All it takes is Stephen Curry, right, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green showing up, Steve Kerr. These are This is the organization that could convince Aiton to, to measure up to his value. Um, so, you know, I have, I have faith in the Warriors organization to make that happen. Dude, there's a reason why they took Wiseman. You know, even when the Warriors were winning titles, they needed size and athleticism. 
Yeah. No, that, that hasn't changed. They need size and athleticism. I can see that upside. I don't think the Suns need perimeter scoring. I, I think that they're yeah. they're all set there, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I don't see them being super interested. Eric, what's your like right now? What's your take on Jordan Poole? So I mean, I, it's going to shift. We'll see. <clears throat> you know, this is a we're we're checking in at the lowest possible value, probably. But mm-hmm. what are your opinions of him right now? I think that Jordan Poole needs to be traded. Is my opinion. And it's tough kind of to say that because I know, you know, up until recent history, he's been a fan favorite. I've really enjoyed watching him play. The answer to my, to like the reasoning behind my take there is that I'm looking at value that you're receiving for a, a player versus how much you're paying him. And I think that we've seen a big enough sample size to see that um, Jordan Poole as a starter is a very different player than off the bench. Yep. This isn't a small sample size. We have observed that. When we take into consideration the Warriors' payroll for next year, if we run it back with the same exact group and really don't shake things up at all, if we fill roster vacancies with minimum players, low-level buy-in players, Emily's like not even an option. Um, if we do that, we're looking at our payroll going from like $360 million last year, like north of $500 million, to run it back with a team that can't win. That, or that didn't win. I don't know. I can't is maybe not the right word. I'm not trying to bet against the Warriors, but the notion of spending 140 million to try and do the same thing with the same group as last year just seems so like asinine to me. It seems so stupid. And when I look at like, hey, who's not performing up to the level of pay that is going to be hit? Like it's it's pool. It just is. I feel like also for his own personal success, if we've created an environment where the role that is available to him is off the bench, it's not a good utilization of resources. It just isn't. I think that he needs to start and I can't find a way to make that fit with the Warriors roster we're looking at. I'm not putting Clay on the bench after a 303 season. I'm not putting Clay on the bench, even though defensively I do have some concerns. I explain that away by saying, hey, he's come out and said, he didn't have a heavily conditioned offseason due to mental nervousness about injuring himself in the offseason. If he can get in a full offseason of work, um, I know that he's coming up in, up in the years, but he also had two years where he wasn't pounding his body like players do during mm-hmm. a full-on blast of an NBA season. I'm not ready to turn the page on Clay Thompson as a starter. I, I really subscribe to the notion that he is going to be back as a top level performer next season that you can build a team around him in this next year, him and Steph. I really believe that. And there's just no room for Jordan Poole as a bench player at $28 million. There's just not, um, it gets dirty because Draymond punched him in the mouth. And what does that look like? You keep one, but not the other. That doesn't feel good. But just the reality is there's a history that's been proven of players' success over time. And I know that Jordan Poole is integral to winning a championship. I'm not trying to take that away from him, but if I'm picking Clay and Draymond, if I'm if I'm betting on certain players, I'm I'm putting my stock in those guys over Jordan Poole. That's just what it is. I almost wish Jordan Poole had pulled a LeBron. And after the the final game, when he went up to the press conference, had come up with like a cast on his arm, you know, or his hand or something, just that we got a why. Why, you know, the lack of success happened in the playoffs, whatever the hell the reason is, because I yeah. don't know what it is. I still don't get it. It was like a, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like psychology a space jam experience. Um, this player is not a possibility, but his name has been everywhere. And I just want to throw it out there to see what you guys think. Zion, 
So he's not coming here. They're not making a move. None of that. But it sure sounds like Zion is on on his way out. The Pablo um, Sandoval of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Put a poor. I mean, he's oh just trying God. to release the sex of his kid, dude. You know, and then, and then, unbelievable Next thing shit. You know, he's spitting in women's mouths. Comes <laughs> the whole fucking thing back. But would you guys have any interest in him? Like, no, the, I mean, hell no. <laughs> why? Injuries or the stories? The whole thing, dude. The whole thing. It's just messy, <laughs> man. This guy is a guy that isn't like. The best, uh, the best ability is a basketball player in the NBA is avail. It's availability, and this dude does not have it. He does not play. He is always injured. He's never making weight. His knees are <laughs> like they're supporting so much. Like how else? Like like I'm not. I don't want to sit here and make a bunch of fat jokes, but this this man does not <laughs> take his conditioning seriously. He absolutely does not. The dude exploded a pair of shoes on the court. He's so, so, so much mass. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want? Cut this shit out, too. Games. I feel bad he now. He played 29 games last year. It's He's horrible. In the, in it's the horrible. Four seasons and has averaged 29 games throughout those four seasons. Can't do they it. They play 82. We're not even looking at half. So I love his yeah. talent. I love where he could be. But just like you said, man, if you're not available, it doesn't matter what the talent is. Yeah, you know, you it means it. nothing. If your car can't drive, it doesn't matter how valuable it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he can't play, his skill set has no value. Um, so I'd, I'm interested. I wouldn't like, you know, if they wanted to give him to us for uh, for Jordan Bull straight up, you'd have my attention. But, you know, that's yeah. that's not happening at all. You can all. come off the bench. Yeah, there you <laughs> Get go. Get 20 minutes a game. Um, so I have kind of a hot radioactive topic for you, Eric. And if, if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, we won't. It's weird doing it in this live setting, but we'll cut it from the actual pod. It's it. the Reddit blackout, man. Um, hey, yeah, I want to talk about this. Okay, excellent. All right, so um, I I understand it entirely, as you can imagine. But Maxine, who's not really not really that like savvy with these things, might not understand it. So I want you to explain some of this to us like a fucking child, because yeah, I, sure. I mean, Maxine might not get it. Um, That's actually perfect because my level of understanding about it is at about the child level. So okay. <laughs> this is going to work out perfectly. Okay. So um, what's happening? Yeah, the long and the short of it is that it seems that Reddit, in an attempt to capture more revenue for users using their their app, their mobile app for browsing Reddit, is that they are disallowing third-party software from accessing Reddit and all of its servers as a whole. So currently, um, me personally, most of my Redditing is browsed through an app who I do not receive any kickback from called Apollo. They've got a third-party app, really nice user interface for browsing Reddit. And the key for me, what makes it worth using is that the moderation tools are so much better that hmm. in my opinion, the moderation tools cooked into the like the Reddit companies um, app are so ineffective for maintaining the subreddit um, that, that we do over at Warriors where like like a quick example would be like if someone makes an, a really inappropriate comment. And then someone hops in and makes a response to that inappropriate comment. And then these two people and 50 other users take off in a big argument about who's the stupidest in that thread, right? On the current Reddit um, designed app by the company itself, every single one of those comments will likely get flagged for a report. And I will receive 50 reports in my mod queue. I will then need to go delete every single comment independent of each other and decide if I'm banning or kicking or muting each user that's in violation of our terms of service 
on Apollo, I can look at the main primary parent comment and say, nuke this comment thread, and it's going to delete every single comment underneath it. And I can do that in about one second. And mm. when you look at a sub of 500,000 users and people going crazy every step of the way, it it would make my my quote unquote job, my volunteer job, not a possibility for me if I don't have those tools available. And you know, maybe if, if for me, it's less about like the revenue sharing um, and about them trying to capture this. It's about them demonstrating that they have not built in the appropriate tools to to maintain the website in good functioning order. Um, so I think it's a big blow to the Reddit community as a whole, which is someone, a company that has relied so heavily on the time and influence of public uh, content contributors and moderators and overseers that they haven't been willing to put in the work to give us the tools to keep the website great. And now they're just trying to disallow any third-party software, uh, which does have those tools. It's it's a hard stop for me. So what'd you guys do? That happens. Yeah. They, it sounds like a money grab. <clears throat> what's What's been the response? So the response is that there's public outcry from those that help maintain the site on a volunteer basis saying, Hey, this is bogus. Like you're you're reeling this back and you're stopping us from being able to do the things that we want to do. This should be open source code. Uh, we like being able to customize and uh, in protest to that, um, many subreddits have elected to go black for a two day period of time where we've effectively closed our subreddit. I know uh, the NBA subreddit closed down as well. The main it's got millions and millions of followers. Um, it's caused a lot of controversy, polarizing topic because people love interacting on Reddit. And this is our our saying, hey, we're we're not going to silently just stand by as uh, as these tools that allow us to do our job effectively are stripped away from us. So we're okay. trying to get people to feel how much it kind of sucks to not be able to use Reddit appropriately. Um, the way I'm understanding this, stop me when I'm wrong. Right. Reddit is a communication tool. It, it's mm -hmm. a way for you know, hundreds of millions of people who have something in common to be able to share those opinions, share those takes, to interact on yeah. any, you know, any level and on any given topic. And then Reddit made it, is it a money grab? Is that fair to say? This move I that think they're so. doing? Yeah, okay. I think so. It's advertising dollars. Okay. So they're, they're the, the parent company went for a money grab and your guys' response has been literally shutting down a lot of these boards. Communications yeah. have stopped. Yep. Um, yeah, that's just our, that's, that's the only leverage that we have. Is to say, hey, we're we're not going to let you get ad revenue off of this for a few days because we're we're upset. This this makes things shitty for us. And the user, the end user, doesn't understand it. But if we were not allowed to moderate in the fashion that we are, I cannot tell you what an unpleasant experience it would be for everyone browsing on Warriors subreddit. Yep. Uh, the amount of like racial vitriol and fan brigading from other sites. We actually, a few seasons ago, had to implement like um, select permissions. I know, Bram, you had a buddy that was running into this where like we were having so many uh, people creating scripted bot accounts, um, brand new accounts to come post shit to our page huh. just to fill it up with un with miserable stuff because they, they didn't like Steph or they liked LeBron or whatever it was that we had to impose a, hey, if your account isn't older than seven days, and if you have not accumulated a net positive 30 likes to your shared post across all of Reddit, then you're not allowed to post in our sub. It will automatically delete anything you share there. 
that was our response to say, hey, there's too many bots coming through, just filling this up and posting advertisements and track. You'd be getting every single person that's ever wanted to sell a T-shirt or a coaster or, or anything. It would, that's all you would see. It would be it would be shitty, really shitty. Is it working? Does how do, I mean? Can you tell? Does I don't know how to measure this. Company, yeah, I don't like, know. Do how they to interact it. with you? Like, is there any objective measure to figure out? Like, are they? I mean, they must be upset. They're, yeah, of course. You know. I mean, I I have to assume that this is making a big difference to their bottom line. It has yeah. to. I mean, the eyeballs aren't there. We're not allowing them to be there. Um, but they'll probably wait it out. Would be my assumption. But hopefully, they do come back and respond and say, "Hey, okay, we'll we'll look." And honestly, for me, and this would be controversial. Um, I'm sure that there are people that would be upset about this and that could, I could be talked out of this position, but if Reddit came forward and said, Hey, we're listening, give us your feedback. What is it that you need in these tools? We will build that into our app. That would probably do well enough for me. I'm not super worried about the money. I'm just not. Um, but I also know that there are app developers out there that have tied their whole livelihood into this and have created so much in advanced these communities. And for them to just be shut down by a big brother is it's crummy. Um, I get that too. Maxime, you're a user. You know, I mean, you, you, I'm sure are on Reddit as, or Reddit as often as I am. I know we steal topics from that site. So here in the explanation, you know, here in why it has gone dark, where are you? How do you, how do you process this? Yeah, it's tricky, right? I think a lot of people that are casually looking at this are saying, well, I mean, Reddit isn't profitable. They're supposed to be a for-profit company. They got to figure out how to make profit somehow. And that's a, that's a really easy line. And I, and I don't begrudge them. If it was as simple as that, the truth is that, right, like the Reddit official app was a third party app um, called Alien Blue on iOS that Reddit bought that became their official app. And then they tanked it. Right. It's like even as a, as a user experience, I don't know what the mod tools are. Just as a user, it went from being an app that I used to an app that I hate using. And then I found Apollo and use that instead. It, there, there, there is a, you know, a pattern of behavior that is, oh, they're not actually going to make the tools that. I as a user need and probably as mods you need either. So I, mm. I think it, it gets a little bit more nuanced. But the thing I find really interesting is that the, like like Eric said, not just the Warriors subreddit, but the NBA subreddit was dark on Monday, the day that the NBA finals were decided. And you know, I, I get I get a bunch of newsletters about basketball. One of the ones that I get is from the Washington Post. And they literally like a half of the article is just bringing in only Reddit links to talk about how the, you know, what happened in the NBA mm -hmm. this week. I'm really mm -hmm. curious to see what that newsletter is going to look like on Monday because we're essentially not going to have Reddit coverage of the NBA. And I mean, you know, they, they talk about NBA Twitter, I think now akin to how they talk about NBA Reddit. That's a huge source of how people disseminate information. Um, you know, it's, it's just like, it's hamstringing for me. I haven't been on the site in three days, which is weird as an addict mm -hmm. <laughs> of the platform. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, 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 it seems like what's going to happen is the same thing that happened to a few other companies over the, you know, early com era. Um, I would not be surprised if Reddit became kind of a shithole, um, and we migrated to something else kind of like we're, how we're seeing Twitter, um, tanking right now too. I got your back, Eric. Here's how I got your back. Um, if this is a money grab, the way that they have been able really to scale the value of Reddit is on your hard work as the moderators. Yes, you know, it's you right. guys who are keeping this discussion somewhat legible and clean and allows, mm -hmm. you know, allows us to go through it. If they are starting to reach out to try to make money and the way they are doing that is by screwing over the people whose work is allowing them to do it, you know, is now making your job harder as a moderator. That yeah. doesn't make sense to me. You know, yeah, they, me they should at least cut you in on the profits if they're now making your job um, 
that much harder. So yeah, mm-hmm. is what it is. Last question on the blackout thing. Any anticipated end in sight? Is there? The plan was two days initially, so tomorrow I think we'll be back up. Um, you do. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think so. That that was our plan when we were discussing it originally uh, in internally as moderators. It came through like, "Hey, do we want to take part in this?" And all of us pretty quickly are like, "Yeah, well, this is something we support." And we're well, how do we let the community know that this is our intention or whatever? And we kind of like kick some things around. And we're like, oh, "Can we have Chat GPT do this?" <laughs> Uh, you know, it's such an interesting thing for me because I'm not financially driven by any of this. Um, like my whole platform perks, GSW, CBA, the whole moderation team, uh, cause he's one of our co-mods as well. Um, none of us are drawing any, any monetary support off of this hobby of ours. And all of us, I think are aligned in the reality that we do it because we love the warriors and that's where the value is, uh, being part of the conversation being sports fans, um, making a pleasant environment. I, I don't know. I, everyone's kind of got their different ways that they consume media, but like, I think that our subreddit is like the best one-stop catch-all for all warrior yep. shit. I just do. Yep. Um, I love it. I'm. Uh, it just that's how I feel. So, I want to keep feel- doing it. I planning, and even if it doesn't resolve, and I've got to use the other, I'll find another way. Uh, but I just don't know what that's going to look like. Um, Resolve it. Get it back. I'm having trouble coming up yeah. with uh, podcast topics without that warrior subreddit. <laughs> so get that fucking thing back. Right. Last thing for today, boys. And it is a judgment theater. All right. Here's our circumstance. You are walking down the street. It could be in your neighborhood, any other neighborhood. You have some form of trash. Let's say you've just finished a, a drink of some kind, soda, something like that. And you are passing a garbage can that you do not own. It is a residential garbage can. It is in somebody else's driveway. Do you use it? You know, or do you wait? Do you wait to get back to the house and throw it out? Give me a guess. Don't tell me what you would do. Tell me what I would do. What's the guess, boys? What do you think? Do I use it? Do I just put it in the back pocket and and wait till I get back to my own property? What's the move? Brent's using that trash can a hundred percent, and he's using it if he has to fucking walk across their lawn. To get up by the garage door to put it in there. <laughs> That's just what it is. You're leaving your dog shit in that park and uh, you're using these people's fucking trash can. <laughs> I'm surprised you got that far into the answer before referencing the shit in the park. That would be yeah, the right. park, by the way. Uh, and, and you're not totally wrong. Maxime, what's your guess? I think I actually think it's the opposite. You know, it, really? there is there is some community contextual dependence, you know, so but we don't have to split hairs here. Yeah, Bram, I like I think you're actually worried about what other people think. And there's like almost a Truman Show esque aspect to how you live your life that even though mm. you don't see anybody, you think you might be watched anyways. And the last thing that you want is for somebody to not like you. And that's a oh, prime way to get somebody to not like you. Can we back up like 30 seconds and have you define community conceptual, whatever the fuck phrase he just dropped in there? Because holy <laughs> shit, dude. My like you blew my mind immediately whenever he said that. I didn't know what it meant. That was my goal. I kind of stopped listening. You guys are both kind of right. So what are you will doing? I use the garbage can? Fuck yes, I will. Come on, dude. I'm not going to carry that shit around for the next like two or three blocks, especially if it's a drink. Like, I'm not going to put it in my pocket. I don't want to just carry around a, an empty container, but mm-hmm. I won't use any garbage can. It's got to be close to the end of the driveway. You know, yep. like if I can do like that super fast open drop and bounce, I'm in. Fair if game. It requires me to it's like, right there. Okay. If there's like some kind of passive aggressive interaction I need to have, 
You know, like if I've got to like walk by a window where they may see me, I'll just wait. I'll just wait till the next garbage can and use it there, which brings us to Maxime. No way. I mean, using our, the dog shit thing, not only does he not use other people's garbage cans, there's a chance he just walks around his neighborhood looking for fucking garbage that's on the ground. <laughs> so he can bring that home and throw he's it away. He's got his, his little grabber in his bag. He's cleaning up his community. Yeah, I exactly. It's, got, it's like a, a personalized uh, vest that he wears that, you know, it says like fuck trash <laughs> on the back of it or something. Yeah. So, no, there's, there's no way he's using someone else's garbage can. I don't care if he had to pick up someone else's dog shit with his hand. He's going to wait till he gets all the way home and then throw it away in his garbage can. That's so funny. I'm just imagining Maxime with that fuck trash vest and i think i saw zion williamson wearing one of those last week <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> what's your guess with maxine eric what do you think you agree with me uh he's not using that trash can he's too respectful to everyone around him there's no way uh he's carrying he's way. carrying it and he's finding some he's finding some trash on the ground that someone else has left behind and he's saying what a shame let me clean this up and make the world a better place uh that's how i see it you're so close. You are so, so, so close. But there's a fundamental difference in how I view the world, right? Just at the end. Yeah, I pick up trash when I see it in parks, on the street, to a certain oh, no. extent. And here's the uh, deal. Gross. I yeah, think no that it is a general community approach that, listen, I'm not just picking up my trash. In general, the process of putting a trash in a trash can with the caveat that it does not smell I think is is doing the community a service. So if anybody comes out to me and is trying to have a conversation about how you use a trash can, I said, you're welcome because I could have just left it on the street right next to the trash can. What What's better, you know? Like, so, but, but if you put poop in a trash can, like that's starting to cross a line, you know? Um, so, but a drink- Are you talking yeah, no like your dog's poop? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I shit in trash cans, man. Yeah. But you don't know, yeah, Maxine's been shitting in trash cans for years. The only thing I think that would annoy me more that if like some random person was using my trash can is if I came out there and they're like, no, this you're, you're is for your community. It? You should be thanking me yeah, for doing Yeah, this. you should. I'd be like, so, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that's ass. kind of an ass backwards take, dude. <laughs> like, How's that an ass backwards like, take? Because you're like, I'm doing this for you. It's like, yeah. you brought the fucking trash. <laughs> like, no, you not, created not just, it. <laughs> I'm not just bringing my trash. I'm saying there's a whole collection of trash, you know? Oh, okay. I took it to be like, you were aggressively telling them, you should be thanking me. It's like, you finished drinking your own drink that you bought in the store and threw in their trash can. That's like, yep. Sounds it would like be different if you like, like picked up some trash you found in their yard and put it in their trash can to is, clean yep. up their... Maxim is like a reverse Johnny Appleseed. He's like going around just picking things up that other people have left and yeah. then throwing it away for them. And even though that's the right thing to do, like collectively we should all be hugging trees, it annoys me and it makes me angry at him, um, which yeah. is what it is. Which brings us to Eric. So Eric's a complicated dude. Would like if if he knew that people were watching, hundred percent wouldn't throw it away. I think mm -hmm. he'd be super respectful, knows the right the right way to interact, and and wouldn't be aggressive in that way. But if he didn't know people were watching, I could see him throwing that shit in from like thirty feet out, like Steph <laughs> from fucking deep, you know, like dropping a double bang as he threw it in and not giving one shit about it. So I think it's just contextual. If he's positive, he can get away with it. He doesn't. If mm. there's any chance of somebody else seeing it, he's out. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I think there's an element of Eric's psyche that needs to be brought into this, which is that, you know, in a nursing context, right? In a medical context, shit is so clean and so orderly, right? Like, so my mom is a nurse and she's like constantly washing her hands and like, you know, there's like a, like a fear of bacteria. And so, mm -hmm. right. So I, this is the, this might be counterintuitive because you might be saying like, oh, well, keep things clean, throw things away, but that's somebody else's trash can, right? 
And it actually would be more sanitary to maintain your own drink, right? And carry it another few mm -hmm. blocks or whatever mm -hmm. than to have to touch the lid of somebody else's trash can to mm. reach in and put it in. Don't, See, that's, don't you that's make a noise like you take. understood that. That was the most complicated. No, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> you are not with him. There is no way you're able to like, unless we've all recently done mushrooms. I I, I could not follow that all the way through. Go ahead. Dude. What, what were you going to say here? Yeah, yeah. So I, I liked that. And so the, the context in which I'm throwing some trash away, uh, the only time I'm ever throwing trash away when I'm walking through a neighborhood, it's dog shit in a plastic bag. That's the only time I'm never carrying around trash of my own create. First of all, I'm not picking up anyone's trash on the ground and throwing it in there. I'm not like it, I didn't put it there. It's dirty. I, it's that's because you me. don't care about your community, but that's fine. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. That's okay. <laughs> um, so it's dog shit is the answer. And dog shit is going to be inherently dirtier than the lid of any trash can that I pass. But the answer is that it, it depends if it's trash day or not. Because if uh -huh. these cans are out on the curb in the street, that shit's fair game. I yep. still won't do it if the if the owner is like sitting in a lawn chair looking at me. Like I'll make my way up the street where there will be other trash cans where people are not attending to these. But if it's on the street on trash day, like I'm throwing my dog shit in the bag in that can every single time. But if I would have to like wander onto your property to do it, uh, I'm not going to do it. But I'm also the guy that like when I do my dog walks, I go out and back. And if my dog shits. I bag it up, I tie it, and I leave it there on the ground where it is. And I say, I'm going to grab this on my way back. I'm not carrying this when there's no trash can in sight. This shit stinks. There's no way. Um, and then you just leave it there. But, I mean, we don't have to focus hey, on that part. I mean, you know, that, see, that you part. Don't, yeah. It's like you don't – yeah, exactly. <laughs> that part doesn't matter You start all. with the good intention, and then as time goes by, like life you just happens. kind of forget about it and you move yeah, on and you yeah, don't feel guilty happens. what is that's happening that's, yeah. that's, yeah. Ex <laughs> that's exactly right eric i missed you i know i'm not alone for people who need far more eric jet and golden state warriors subreddit in their fucking life where do they go well nowhere today because that shit's closed down but <laughs> in, in the future come find us uh, reddit.com slash r slash warriors you can find us on twitter at gsw reddit uh, come join the conversation, laugh at our memes, retweet our shit. And, uh, that's where you'll find me. It's phenomenal stuff. Um, I am on there when they're not blacked out all the time, you know, where to find us. You want to get us a take, let us know. We did a good job, bad job, any job, even get us a question for uh, next week's golden questions. You can send that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Also on social media. The only one I'm going to really plug is YouTube because we are on the precipice of some really fun stuff up on there. Also, we are 22 subscribers away from a, uh, from a milestone that means the world to us. So even if you have no intention of watching it, I mean like none, if you've never been on YouTube in your life and will never go back to it, give us eight seconds, hop onto YouTube and subscribe to Warriors Huddle. Never go back to it. Never watch one of our videos, but just subscribing will make a world of difference with that in mind. Go Warriors! Hopefully, see you real soon. Good, good.
All right, here with the kid. She has some super important tips for us. KB, what are three tips to be a good Warriors fan? To be a Warriors fan is to always be happy if they win or lose. I think we all know I have not been able to take that advice. That is good advice. All right, number two. Number two is never doubt it. Never doubt the Warriors ever in your life. You almost fell over during that tip, but you still kept it out. Nicely, nicely played. And number three. Number three want to be a Warriors fan, always be happy for them. Oh man, I love my kid to death. Incredible advice. Also, three points I probably haven't been able to follow. That's been three takes from Kylie on how to be a Warriors fan. Appreciate you guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.